Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. Always look forward to my time with Keith Baldry on Baldry's Beat, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief. Hey, Keith. Hey, Jody. Before we dive into a long list of things we get to chew on today, let's just have a moment for the BC Lions, shall we? Come on and roar, you lions roar. Yes. Oh my <laughs> That's God. What a lion's so roar is for. Yeah, it's great yes. to see the first playoff win in, what, six years? Um, as someone who grew up at Empire Stadium cheering for the uh, success starved Lions for years, it's, uh, it's great to see them uh, win at least one playoff game. Nathan Rourke. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he's from Victoria. Gunslinger. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It, well, now that he's back from his. Um, you know, half a season injury, a woe. Uh, they've got to be considered um, not necessarily favorite, but certainly competitive against the, the Bombers, uh, the Blue Bombers for the championship. So go Lions, go. Go Lions, go. And a huge nod to the BC Lions organization, as you say, you know, spending the time sitting in all weather at, at Empire Stadium. Uh, I was right there with you. Dad had an or has been honored with an orange helmet uh, as a builder with with the BC Lions. But I love the fact that the Lions, when when going into this West Semi, did not change their ticket price. I mean, that's showing, you know, nope. wanting fans in the stands and giving something back to the people. Like, I just love everything about it. I just wanted to give really it a Really good ownership. That. Really good ownership group there. Um, CFL's always struggled with having good owners, and uh, but right now the Lions are in, in very good hands. So let's start. Let's start with your perspective on uh, the Ontario QP notwithstanding clause that that rather uh, mess that has been unfolding over the last number of months and weeks, and certainly the last few days in Ontario. I just want to play a quick clip here. This is Prime Minister Justin Trudeau uh, earlier today when it comes to uh, how he is worried about this clause being enacted. Canadians themselves should be extremely worried about the increased commonality of provincial governments using the notwithstanding clause preemptively to suspend their fundamental rights and freedoms. And that was followed pretty swiftly by uh, Premier Doug Ford having a rather surprise press briefing where he said this. As a gesture of good faith, our government is willing to rescind the legislation we're willing to rescind Section 33, but only if QP agrees to show a similar gesture of good faith by stopping their strike and letting our kids back into their classrooms. And so interesting, Keith, in watching this unfold, and we were chatting about it earlier with David Mosscrop, Ontario did not keep their schools open the way BC did. BC, only only jurisdiction in North America, in fact, that kept public schools open through the pandemic. How did you take in all of what has been unfolding in Ontario? Well, it's currently fascinating to watch uh, Doug Ford, uh, who seemed to have, in the pandemic, shed his ideology in many, on many fronts. He was, you know, he's a very conservative premier, but the pandemic, and, and even talking to BC officials, how impressed they were with Doug Ford's um, managing skills in the pandemic when it came to supply chain issues and such. So ideological uh, components of his government seem to take a, a back step through much of the pandemic. But now what we saw up until today, when he's taken a big step backwards, he was engaging in some pretty anti-union uh, maneuvering there, public sector union maneuvering, with, again, the 
almost unheard of use of the uh, notwithstanding clause to ensure there was no legal challenge of a bill that would impose a contract on uh, a public sector union. But now he's taking a step back and he's saying, you know, we're not going to invoke this. We're not going to bring this bill in and, and pass this if um, if you come to the table and re- return to the bargaining table. But this fight's not over. I mean, this is this is a sort of a cooling off period and it's still unclear where we're headed uh, on this front. But his inv- invocation of the notwithstanding act, notwithstanding clause, is quite something because we've seen BC governments, even the NDP government in the 90s, imposed a contract or imposed a cooling off period on public sector strikes in the education system. It's not unheard of. But what was unheard of is using the notwithstanding clause to ensure there was no legal challenge of imposing a contract or ending a public sector strike. But as I say, some cooler heads prevailed today, it seems, as CUPE's ending its protests. Uh, strikes and appear to be turning to the bargaining table, but I don't think this fight is over. I think Ford is showing his colors here, and that is to declare war on the public sector. It's so interesting. It was almost a little bit of an I'm sorry, but like, yeah, and it's again in stark contrast to what's happening in BC as we see this meltdown of QP support workers and the provincial government, as along with, uh, there's another big strike in Ontario that's, that's unfolding, and that's in the Go Transit, the commuter train, is also shut down with 2,200 workers on strike. BC had two landmark events last week on the public sector uh, negotiation front, and that was that historic accord with the Doctors of BC agreement that really increases pay for family doctors, and the other one was sort of an out-of-the-blue out settlement by the BC Teachers Federation, which historically has had the most trouble at the bargaining table in terms of getting an agreement before taking job action. Uh, those two things are taken off the table now, and that means 223,000 employees out of 393,000 in the public sector, unionized employees, are now covered by tentative or ratified collective agreements. And that's, again, in stark contrast to what we're seeing in Ontario. I just got a text message from one of our listeners said, uh, LOL, listening online from Ottawa, it's a bit rich for PM Trudeau to criticize provinces for using away, or taking away, that is, people's rights, though. I'm not sure what that's in reference to. I don't think... I think uh, it's the Emergency Act enactment. Oh, I, I, I uh, no, yeah. Yeah, well, I think there, it's a bit different. Yeah, it's a lot. I think it's a lot different. I mean, the Emergency yeah. Act is interesting. What's unfolding in those hearings back east, uh, which right now paints that convoy group as very unflattering terms. But again, the case is not clear yet whether the Emergency Act was needed or not. Indeed. Okay, uh, let's talk a little bit about. Um, I want you know what actually I really want your take on the U.S. midterm elections. I know you pay a great deal yeah. of attention to what happens south of the border. What are you seeing, and what do you expect perhaps tomorrow? I think the momentum is in the Republican camp. <clears throat> I think certain issues have come to the fore, and that is cost of living, inflation, and crime, and those all play to the Republicans. It's not so much going to be a referendum on Trump or the January 6th insurrection and all these things that the Democrats have been pushing for months. But at the worst possible time for the, for the Democrats, this sort of home bread and butter issues of cost of living and crime have emerged probably as top of mind. And that traditionally favors the Republicans. So I'd be surprised if the Republicans don't win the House of Representatives and potentially win the Senate as well. It doesn't take a lot to... Um, to to change here, but I think the momentum favors um, the Republicans, and I think that's unfortunate for those who really just don't see what they what they see when they see the Republican Party. This is not the Republican Party of Bob Dole, 
right. or even Richard Nixon. This is a, yeah. this is a Republican Party of Donald Trump and his acolytes, many of whom are extreme right wingers. Jody Vance in for Mike Smith. It is Baldry's Beat. We're chatting with Keith Baldry, Global News Legislative Bureau Chief, as we do each and every day at this time. And take your calls. Phone lines are open for you. Any of the conversations we were having prior to the break, if you just tuned in, we were talking about all things from uh, the Ontario and QP strikes, the notwithstanding clause there, the Prime Minister's reaction to that. We talked U.S. midterms. We talked about the B.C. Lions' big win in the West Semi. Uh, You can bring it all for Keith Baldry. You know he will answer any question you might have. 604-280-9898 is the number. Star 9898 is a free call on your cell. And we start, Keith, with Chris in Langley. Welcome, Chris. Hey guys, yeah, just a comment. Uh, it's kind of interesting to watch the the fall of democracy in the United States. Uh, you know, regardless of how this plays out, uh, if the Republicans lose, they're going to play the old card that uh, it was rigged. There's going to be uh, riots or, or unrest in the streets, uh, and you know, it, it's uh, if the Republicans win, then of course they're going to set it up so that uh, they can't lose ever again. So. You know, unlike when Bush and Gore uh, went uh, head-to-head and, and Bush was prematurely uh, uh, declared the victor uh, by Fox and there seemed to be a little bit something shady going on, at least Al Gore came out and said, you know what, there it is, he won, he's the better man, and, and, and good luck to you. Here you got a, a com- complete uh, denial even in the face of all the evidence and all the investigations. So you know, I can't see this ending pretty regardless of the, the results. Yeah, I think you raise a good point. I do worry about what's going to happen in the States. We've been talking for years about how, I mean, many historians describe the view they've never stopped fighting a civil war in that country. And now we're seeing it, uh, the, the schism deepen between two sides that aren't talking to each other down there. There's no bipartisanship anymore. There's no reaching out from one side to the other. I mean, it makes one almost pine for the days even of Richard Nixon who, for all his shadiness and such, still had a fairly stable um, administration that would work with the Democrats from time to time. We're not seeing that now. The Republicans are not the Republican Party of old. There's an authoritarian streak that is emerging in the Republicans, an anti-democratic streak, and that's very worrisome for the world's largest democracy to uh, be headed on this path. All right. Thank you very much for that phone call. It was the last thing I said to Reggie Cicchini when I was letting him go there from our half hour of discussion mm-hmm. on the midterm elections, Keith. And that's that's a, a really tense moment in time. And even the fear of it, like having to protect the ballot drop boxes with, I mean, yeah. feeling feeling unsafe to cast a ballot seems horrifyingly un-American, uh, you know. Well, it's uh, intimidation tactics are are emerging down in the states, and the fact that people, you know, you've got about 170 people running for the Republicans who don't, who actually subscribe to the view that the last elections were stolen, were rigged, that they weren't, they weren't uh, fair. And when you've got that many people running for elected office who subscribe to that view, is profoundly disturbing. That they just won't accept democracy, and so you've got now a faction in the states poised to win control of both. Both houses, a number of whom don't believe in democracy. And that's that's just really, really worrying. Let's go to Terry in New Westminster. Welcome to the show, Terry. Yeah, Jody, I love your show when you're on. Monday morning, you wake me up, you guys. Um, I'm you. really into American politics. My father was from Washington State, came up here and married my mother. 
And then my mother actually had two or three sisters from here that ended up marrying two American brothers where my dad came from, which is Bellingham, Washington. So uh, I'm biased. I don't like the Republican Party. Uh, They have a history of being so sleazy and crooked. I haven't forgiven Nixon for what he did or Agnew for lying and uh, taking bribes. Uh, Ronald Reagan got away with Iran-Contra. You know, come on, guys. Uh, The party is such such a bunch of phony hypocrites. They really are. And... uh, I don't know why people adore Donald Trump. All he is is a politician. That means he shouldn't be trusted. And, um, you know, the hypocrisy about, like, the crime, you know, the Republicans go on about crime, which is fine, you know, if you're really sincerely concerned about crime. But they're not, really, because if they were, they would have something like support of gun control. And they don't the exact opposite. The NRA supports the Republicans. So, you know, it just personifies how that party talks out of both sides of its mouth. And I'm glad that I live north of the border and we don't have the issues that they've got going south of the border because I am scared for the future of the country south of the border. Most Americans I've met are very nice people. But, you know, the political thing right now is just really quite scary. I don't disagree. It is scary. I mean, I do think what's happening in the States is frightening. If If you're... a fan of democracy, uh, when you've got people running for office and potentially and likely being elected into office who subscribe to conspiracy theories and right-wing conspiracy theories and object, re- reject the notion that the other side might win an election fairly, it's a really frightening scenario that's setting up. And the states is headed in a very, very, very dark direction. And that's going to have an impact on Canada. Unfortunately, we're their closest neighbor and ally. And I see that there's an Angus Reid poll out today uh, in Canada that shows there's a significant rise of authoritarianism in Canada as well, particularly amongst young men age 18 to 35. There's a, like a fifth of the population or whatever it is of that age component. Subscribe will be quite comfortable in an authoritarian state. So we're not immune to what's happening in the states. It is happening in Canada. The the trucker convoy was was a manifestation of that, where people reject the democratically elected government in favor of strong man type approaches. And it's happening in the states to a much greater degree than in Canada. But it is happening in Canada as well. There is an attitude that's starting to become not prevalent, but certainly noticeable in society who reject democracy in favor of authoritarian tactics. And that's very, very troubling. Yeah. What did you say the age range was for that? 18 to 34, I believe. I've got yeah. Shachi's news release somewhere here, but she put a, uh, Shachi Curl from yeah. Angus Reid put a poll out today Reed. just showing, again, there is, a, again, it's not a majority, but it's a significant no. minority. And that, and that number seems to be increasing. And for me, as the mother of a almost 15-year-old, I mean, we got to talk to our young people so that they understand history so that it does not repeat itself. Exactly. I mean, I think there's a big piece of that here, Keith. And we could talk for another hour on anti-Semitism and the, mm-hmm. the, you know, the ugly head that has reared itself to, you know, you got to ask yourself, what would I, I ask myself all the time with my grandfather who fought in World War II, I always asked, what would I have done what would you have had done? I been, what would, and now I'm charged with actually doing that. Yeah, no, it's uh, it's something I've been tracking for a couple of years now, but it seems to be getting worse and not better in terms of yeah. rising intolerance and rising anti-democratic beliefs. It's very troubling. We're going to keep the conversation going. I always appreciate you, Keith Baldry. Right. Thank you for this. Go Lions.